0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone. Welcome back to the Feature Length Podcast, a podcast where our three best friends sit around over Zoom and talk about movies that we have either seen before or not seen before or some combination of those things. Uh, I'm Marco, and for the second w- week in a row, I'm going to be hosting this episode. I'm joined by Carolina. Hi. And Dan. Hello. Uh, today, we're talking about the matrix of rom-coms i'm just putting it out there because i know you guys are gonna agree with me we just gotta set the tone right off the bat um we're talking about when harry met sally uh, which was released july 21st 1989 also known as the year of our lord the year uh, batman came out batman 1989 uh directed by rob reiner (laughs) uh screen written by nora efron starring meg ryan billy crystal and surprise carrie fisher out of nowhere it gets me every time i watch this movie surprise carrie fisher uh and that's real. this is a very small cast and those are kind of the three main cast members uh yeah and jack
1: kirby who sounds exactly like joe pesci
0: and jack kirby and he does sound exactly like joe. that is the perfect way he is like the discount <laughs> joe pesci like yeah. that character could have been joe pesci um yeah so when harry met sally for those of you who don't know is a rom com and it's about uh these two people that meet each other one day when they're gotta drive together to go to New York for reasons. Uh and Which is then, never explained. <laughs>
1: well, it's okay. And then it's sort of implied that they're like they're they're like just finished college and they're like moving to New York for like a job.
0: Yeah, something. I think it was one of those things where it was like, oh like she knew the girl his girlfriend and she, his girlfriend was like well he's going up anyway why don't you guys travel together so you can like split the driving whatever yeah what? it's just it's a mute cute who cares anyway yeah. uh it's about these two characters who meet and we kind of see their relationship span over 10 years of them starting with like hating each other and then slowly progressing and eventually they become friends and then oh boy turns out they have feelings <laughs> for each other but is the friendship gonna get ruined who knows and that's the movie and for those of you who are like wow that sounds like a very boring standard rom-com as i alluded to this is the matrix of rom-coms and i know we're gonna get into it we're gonna get into all the details but i just want to put this out there just for another piece of context for people is that rom-coms were big in like the 1950s ish and then they completely died off almost like you know like westerns were big for a while and then like nobody made westerns anymore like that's what happened to rom-coms completely died off and this movie like in 1989 is considered by most to be like the the comeback of the rom-com like this movie came out and was a big hit and people loved it and this really sets the stage for literally every rom-com that came out in the 90s and 2000s afterwards uh yeah so i'm gonna turn it over to you guys since i've seen this before and you guys both haven't what did you guys think of the movie
2: Dan, you should go first, um, because I think I might go on for a while.
1: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Sounds good. Um, Yeah, so this was my first time watching it. And uh, usually, like, I'm not really into the rom-com genre, but I just want to say I really, really enjoyed this movie. I think it might even transcend the rom-com genre. I I would call it more of, like, a dramedy, like a drama-comedy um i really liked it um i loved the cast especially like i always loved billy crystal yeah he's good in like everything um and yeah it was just a really good time uh, we'll get into details but that
0: was my general uh take Sweet. i will uh do my general take and that way carol can talk for a while okay thank you yeah. <laughs> okay. um i have seen this movie numerous times and i keep coming back to it i keep watching it i've watched it with the commentary track uh watching it again this time just confirmed what i already knew which is i love this movie i think this movie's great i had the exact same thought as dan on this rewatch which was this does what every like great genre movie should do and like rom-com is a genre i know it's silly to call it like a genre movie but it 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 is the best version of it because like dan said it transcends it and There's so much stuff in this movie that just feels like a well-written movie, like from start to finish, and the jokes are all really funny, like laugh out loud funny in multiple places, and I just need to, and we'll get into details, but I feel like, like, we're all born 1997, and so for us, a lot of the rom-coms, I guess, that we were exposed to or grew up with is like the Judd Apatow, like, we're just gonna film actors, and they're just gonna be funny, and then we'll edit around it and nothing a lot of improvisation a lot of improv and that stuff can be funny don't get me wrong but like this is just so well written and it's so specifically funny in the way it tries to be funny but then also all the romantic parts feel romantic and i think the thing i that i can say best about this um is that nothing it, it all feels very sincere and it feels even though that no like nobody in this really acts the way people actually act they all do that thing that like a good story does where they act the way that people in their heads think they act and they're all very like charismatic and sarcastic but they're not annoying they're like also real people in a lot of ways and we'll get into details anyway but i i love this movie i'm totally with you dan i think it transcends the genre carol you're the rom-com expert
2: Yeah, um, so my history with this movie is surprisingly that I hadn't seen it um, until this weekend. Uh, I was not pleasantly surprised because I knew I would love it, Um, but I I did love it. Uh, I was supposed to actually see it on Valentine's Day last year, but decided to go out back when we could do that. So I finally got around to seeing it Um, and it was great. Yeah, as has been alluded to, I'm the rom-com expert. I feel like I grew up and it was all I watched. Any movie that my mom ever recommended to me was a rom-com, so I probably have seen any rom-com that came out from between 2000 to like 2020. Um, wow. definitely <laughs> It's a problem. I think it might be ruining my life a little bit, but that's something to talk about with my therapist and not you guys (laughs) um but yeah so i know a lot of rom-coms i'm i've been slowly working my way back to seeing some of the classics um like marco mentioned from like the 50s and 60s um and apparently there i also did some research and apparently there were radical rom-coms quote unquote in the 70s but In those, the focus was on personal happiness and like yourself instead of romantic love. So I don't know why they would call it a rom-com, but not the point. Weird. Um, Yeah, I did really like it. I found it also really, really well-written and it was kind of a slow burn for me. I think because I went into it knowing I would like it, I expected to, I guess, love both of the main characters the second they were introduced and I really hated Harry, but obviously that's the point. I mean, maybe it's not the point. Maybe I just hated him, but I kind of hated him. Um, but by the end I was convinced and I had a wonderful time and it was a beautiful film and I own it on YouTube now. So um, nice. I can go back and watch it whenever I want because <laughs> it doesn't stream anywhere in case anyone is watching this and also hasn't seen it and is looking for it yeah. and you can't rent it on YouTube i had to buy it but yeah that was <laughs> how much did you pay for it <laughs> uh i don't know i think like 15 dollars or something
0: okay whatever it's not bad not bad i mean it's a good movie it's, it's not like than
2: a blu-ray back in the day yeah 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 <laughs> um
0: i want to piggyback off something you said you were talking about like not really liking harry at the start of the movie and i think to what something that really stood out to me on this rewatch specifically about how this movie acts as a rom com is that the, both the characters have to like grow and change, but they grow and change to become like more normal, stable adults as the movie goes yeah. on, which I found really refreshing because I feel like like rom coms can have so much. The best way I can put it, right, is that rom coms have so many shenanigans at all times. There's always shenanigans. There's always we love like
2: love the word shenanigans on this
0: podcast. But shenanigans is my word for
1: that thing. Have we ever used that word on this podcast before? I, I think use it Marco a
2: lot. does once a podcast and I think we talked yeah. about it or we said it a lot in our Gilmore Girls episode. Yeah,
0: there's a lot oh, of shenanigans. Oh, I was not on the Because Girl here's girls. the thing about shenanigans, right? Is that it's that thing in a sitcom where like something's happening but someone else doesn't have all the information and then there's like fake conflict between them because they both think different things are happening it happens all the time and some it's
1: like th- a 70s sitcom
0: yes yes 100 percent, and like yeah. it it's it can be funny and good like if you are watching like a good sitcom like fraser or something but a lot of the time shenanigans are just a fake way of putting drama in a movie and what i really like about this movie is that there's no the shenanigans there's no shenanigans in this movie it's like the whole movie is very much just about these two people that are like growing up and becoming more adult and uh, navigating their way through their relationship together and that's something else that i really enjoyed is that i think part of the reason why harry can start the movie as like such a jerk and then change by the end of the movie and you totally buy it and believe it and buy their relationship is that we, we this whole movie is spent like with those two characters like there are so few characters in this movies yeah. in this movie there's not even like a b-plot really like it's pretty much all just them and you don't even like a note that i took when i was watching it compared to a lot of other romantic comedies right is that there's no b-plot about like work you know what i mean like they both have jobs and like we allude to the fact that they have jobs but we don't spend time at anyone's work where they're like treated bad at work and it impacts the relationship it's all just about them and like their connection and you i I just feel like it's so well done and everything now takes so many shortcuts to create false drama whereas this one has like real drama and it really comes through and because you spend so much time with them you believe that the change that they that like i think fair enough they both change but then also i think something that's kind of refreshing is that really the movie's about like harry having to like grow up and and like sally in a lot of ways like not that she doesn't change throughout the movie but i don't know i just it wasn't like a typically in a rom-com it's totally centered around the female character and like the female character and she's like starts the movie and her hair is always up and she's wearing glasses and she's (laughs) just a mess and she doesn't have her life together but then she she realizes she doesn't need the guy and does get her life together but then she finds the good the guy she's meant to be with after and it's like that's so played out and what i really like about this is that like harry's the one who's just a piece of shit the whole movie and he's a mess and he kind of needs to like get his shit together in a lot of ways and sally has her own like arc that she goes on as well not to understate that but anyway he was the character that was more of like fucked so yeah
2: yeah that's the thing like that wasn't even a critique i didn't have an issue with it it was very realistic and i think that's the beauty and genius of exploring this relationship over such a long timeline because yeah. I think in total like they even said in their little like talk at the end it was like 12 years and 3 months um, but yeah if you think about it when they were driving to New York they just finished college or whatever mm-hmm. so they were our age or younger and, of course, he was talking like some dumb, full-of-himself, pseudo-intellectual yeah. about how he knows everything about everything. And, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm a pessimist. I read the last page I know. of every book I get. Like, <laughs> yeah, okay, you, you, you leave university and you think you're hot shit. Like, it made sense, and, like, I wasn't faulting him for it i was like we've all been there yeah and it takes you know 12 years yeah. to grow out of some sometimes. of us are still
0: there carol some of us are still oh, there yeah
2: i think i'm even still there yeah. <laughs> Marco, of the podcast, the of last... course we're all still there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <But> it's true <laughs> do
1: you still read the last page of a book first to make sure that it like the ending registers before you yeah, die Dan,
2: i'm a pessimist <laughs>
1: <laughs> but um on the note of what you were saying, Carol, I really liked. I was expecting um, before going into this that, um, like, I, like I read the synopsis, and I was expecting it would be like, like other rom coms where it's like these two people were were starting the movie with them already having known, like, been friends for years. Mm-hmm. But it was very refreshing to see at the beginning, like, we're seeing them first meet. So you're literally there from like point zero, and you're you're on, like the whole ride. Well, it of wasn't their the title,
2: Dan. True. Yeah, I know, but that that's true. <laughs> that is that's true. true. But
1: I was expecting it to be like I don't know, maybe told in flashbacks or yeah, something. Yeah. But I, I, the point is, I like the linear setup that they had, where it was like you you're there when they meet, and you like experience their whole yeah. roller coaster ride of a relationship. And also on one of your notes, Marco, um, after I finished watching the movie, I was like reading something about it, and it said basically what you said, where it was like in most rom-coms there's like there's a specific developed character trying to get in the way of the star couple Mm -hmm. or there's like other b-plots like you were saying in this movie none of that is there and it's just the two characters interfering with each other and that's the entire conflict and that's i think what makes it so rich and strong it's it's very much a
0: like a dual character piece 100 percent yeah, and, and I I really appreciate that. And I appreciate that even their conflicts with each other are not annoying. <laughs> um, no. Because, like, like one scene in particular that really stood out to me that I really appreciated on this rewatch. Because, like, I couldn't remember how it ended, right? But it's when, oh my god, it's one of my favorite. Like, every scene in this movie is one of my favorite scenes. Like, I every <laughs> time I get to a scene, I'm like, oh yeah, this scene was great. But it's after Billy Crystal has run into his ex-wife and Ira. And then Mm. they go to his friend's house and they're like arguing about the table and Billy Crystal just like (laughs) has that whole monologue and he loses his shit and he starts screaming about Ira. And it's just, it's one of the funniest things. But what I really appreciate about the scene is that he storms out and Sally storms out after him. And then they have like a, we're both heated in the moment, like spat at each other. And in any other movie, they would have like gone their separate ways and not talked for a couple of weeks. And that would have been, but in this one, immediately, immediately they're just like, no that was stupid like sorry like we have a you know that's a very like adult way of like handling the situation and like the conflict between them is never that kind of stupid conflict right it's all like actual higher stakes stuff so
1: yeah in in any other rom-com that would have been like
0: the end of act two fight that like drives them apart you're right exactly exactly i i appreciate that this wasn't that and i also appreciate even when they do end up sleeping together and have like their weird tips and stuff it always stays within the realm of like realism where they like are still trying to kind of be friends but having like, it, it, it never feels too over the top, right? Like another scene that really stands out to me is when they go to the wedding of like their friends and she's the uh, maid of honor and he's the best man. And like, I, I know for a fact, I've seen at least one rom-com where there is a wedding and like, there's a maid of honor and best man, and they start arguing during the wedding ceremony. Like, I'm pretty sure it happens in Wedding Crashers, doesn't it? Like, it has to have.
2: Oh, I don't remember. I've uh,
0: I haven't them seen that. Like, <laughs> I'm 90% sure. Yeah, and it's just in one the middle of,
2: those, of the wedding.
0: Yeah, like in the middle of the wedding, and then like they just start. But it's like it's a rom com, it's a comedy. Like, who cares? Like, nobody acts like real life. But like, I appreciate that that didn't happen in this. Like, there's an awkwardness between them, but then after the ceremony during the reception they take it and they move it all the way to the freaking kitchen and they like argue in there and i really appreciated that because i was like again this feels more like an actual relationship and like how an actual argument would happen and it's not manufactured or silly it's like we're gonna get to the root of what's going on here um and that seems great and she slaps him at the end of that scene and i was like good for I you i did
2: not see that coming. i know it was awesome yeah i was, <laughs> I was very pleased yeah
0: it was a great moment yeah
1: like the relationship isn't a, at, by that point in the movie the relationship isn't a caricature of a real relationship yes. where like their characters maybe start out like that at the beginning of the movie but that's the point and they become whittled down to like real human beings by the end and yeah. their relationship also follows suit
0: yeah just one more thing i wanted to touch on with this specifically related to sally's character since we're having this discussion now yeah yeah was i really loved um when her and harry like first connect and i think have dinner probably for the first time when we get to like the current timeline um and she's explaining like what went wrong with her and her boyfriend before which again felt like something you would see in another rom-com but the good version of it where she's talking about how they grew apart in different ways but it wasn't like and then i grew up and my maternal instincts kicked in and i decided i want to be a mom but it was more like no like i genuinely did think that that was the life i wanted but then we didn't do those things anyway and so it made me start to question like okay what am i actually doing with my life i'm not living the life that like i'm i'm leaving one life behind so i can live this other life that i'm not even living in the first place and that felt again more like an actual person <laughs> explaining what they're going through at that stage in their life than just a dumb caricature of like a female character in a movie who just decides she wants to be a mom because plot needs to happen it was like no i i buy this like i understand what that character is going through in that moment
1: yeah that was a great scene especially because she was uh she was only in her like early 30s at that scene like her character i mean so it makes more sense for her like that explanation makes more sense than like the the like you know the maternal instinct yeah plot that you'd usually get yeah exactly
2: yeah, she was 31 at that time. I wrote it down because I have a note specifically saying, Wow, she looks great for 31, knowing yeah. full well that they recorded it all at the same time. Yeah. Um, but I just i needed to write it. Um, but yeah, I guess kind of speaking to what you've all been saying the whole time, and I think I've even also said, I love how realistic it is. And I think when it started with the little like scenes talking to older couples about like how they met and their relationship because of how cheesy of a trope that is and how much it's been replicated in Mm -hmm. some of the more modern movies I've seen. I saw that and I was like, Oh God, this is going to, is this going to be bad? Like when it very first started. Um, So I was happy that it, it didn't. Um, I still kind of find those inserts i don't know how i feel about them like i i like how they break up the story i think into all the different times that they meet but i think i just hate specifically maybe the stories they chose because they're like real people's stories on set they just had actors re-refilm them yeah um but I think because in, like, almost all the cases, the women didn't speak at all or just looked so miserable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so every time I was just looking at the women's reaction and they always just sat there silently or, like, were rolling their eyes. It was, like, maybe that's what, like, 50 years married to a man does to you. But, uh, True. But, but yeah, I was, like, is this inspiring? Is this, like, what, what every couple should want to get to? Um but yeah, what did you guys think about those?
1: Well, I actually, my one suggestion in terms of that would have been to have it be the same couple every time and like it, like you, it becomes more obvious down the line as you keep seeing those inserts that it's them, like yeah. when they're older.
0: That's what I thought it was the first time I watched the movie. <laughs> yeah.
1: Instead of like just random couples, yeah. you know, I feel like that would have made more sense. I mean, I didn't not like that part i thought it was kind of cute and i liked how i mean harry and sally did have their own at the end but they weren't old they were like yeah
2: <laughs> they
1: were they were the only ones that weren't like an old couple yeah. which is kind of weird but yeah, <laughs> yeah i right think after it...
2: marriage I they think... didn't want the makeup department to pay, to, pay <laughs> to make them look that much older i
0: mean like uh, speaking of looking old guys harry trying to oh be gosh, a freaking yes. 20 year old i was like oh you should have just recasted yeah. for this scene come on guys yeah. this isn't even remotely believable um anyway i mean i love <laughs> billy crystal but like i was like that doesn't work and, um but yeah i i also i'm a little bit indifferent to those interstitials i agree that i think it breaks up the story nicely like when you're jumping between time zones yeah. um so like on, on that side of it it works but also i agree with dan like when i first watched the movie i thought we were going to get the same couple and that it was going to end up being them mm-hmm. at the end which i think maybe would have worked um yeah so i don't know i'm i'm very i'm indifferent on it i i do appreciate the fact though that they actually interviewed a bunch of real life couples but then like had oh, no, yeah. nora Ephron essentially take their stories and just like write it <laughs> in a like concise better way and then they had actors act out that dialogue so i i appreciate that um but i mean what take it or leave it it doesn't really completely change the movie for me i like the payoff of like having harry and sally's at the end of the movie though that is fun that's cute so yeah whatever it is what it is it doesn't yeah take it or leave it
1: i also read that a lot of the uh, like the dialogue and the character stuff came from Nora efron and rob reiner like for sally and harry respectively and also a lot of the um just like a lot of the dialogue and mannerisms between rob reiner and billy crystal because apparently they were like really good friends and they yeah. like talked all the time before yeah. this movie
0: so this was something they talk about in the commentary track which is that like rob reiner had just gone through a divorce at like the start of like pre-production for this movie and him and billy crystal were like very close so a lot of like harry and sally's relationship yeah was inspired by like stuff that they would do and then nora Ephron would like write that into the script so like I, I actually wrote down a couple of things in particular that were that um give me a sec here oh yeah so one thing in the movie in particular was that there's that scene where harry and sally are like watching casablanca at the same time like on yeah. the phone together that was something that rob Reiner and billy chris still would do yeah. like they would watch movies together and just like stay up on the phone Start talking the phone. yeah which is just like hilarious to me that they were just like best friends yeah
2: i love that i find that so cute <laughs> me the too fact that this whole like relationship is just based on two bros watching movies yeah. on the phone together Ugh, love it's it. so
0: funny uh something else that was a real thing that i wrote down because i just thought it was too funny is that at the beginning of the movie when harry is like spitting grape seeds but he like spits one <laughs> oh, onto God. the unrolled on, down the window, window. <laughs> yeah like i I, in the commentary i think it's billy crystal who was talking about the fact that like he knew someone that used to do that so that's why he like suggested to do that in the scene to like make harry seem like even more of a prick and then they were like yeah go for it that's awesome um yeah
2: he did a great job
0: yeah i love that
1: i love that when he's he spits out the first seed and doesn't realize
0: the window is rolled down
2: (laughs) (laughs) and then he just rolls down the window and cleans it up oh Oh, my god it's
0: so funny (laughs) guys let's since we're kind of talking about it why don't let's talk about some of the comedy in this movie because this movie is so funny like (laughs) it's so unbelievably funny like every scene has something amazing going on and it's also just like i don't know a lot of times when you watch comedies it's like a product of its era and so i i can see how it might be hard for people to like fully get the comedy of that era type thing but so much of the comedy of this movie is just completely timeless or also is like yeah. holds up like there's like I have a lot of stuff written down, like a lot of like lines of dialogue in particular, but there's one like dialogue moment that I just need to bring up right now, because I it makes okay. me cry laughing every time, okay? Uh so it's when uh Meg Ryan and Carrie Fisher are in the bookstore and harry's there and he's in the like whatever self-help section just staring just staring and then they like there's a lot of funny dialogue in the scene but like she calls uh he walks over and sally goes to introduce harry to carrie fisher and when she goes to do it they just do a quick cut to carrie fisher who's walking (laughs) away and just just waves just does a little wave and i was like that is, like, some shit you would see in The Office. Like, that level of, like, editing. Just, like, the quick cut to, like, Carrie Fisher, like, waving goodbye. And it made me laugh so hard. Like, I, I every time I see that scene, I die laughing.
1: My, f- my favorite funny moment in the movie, and I still feel bad for laughing
2: about
1: it. Oh <laughs> it was when... Um, harry and sally are talking like they're setting up a carpet in harry's apartment and they're talking about uh like they each tried to go on a date because they were like recently (laughs) broken up yeah and then harry's harry mentions that his date suggested going to have ethiopian food he's like sounds great i didn't know they had food in ethiopia
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh my god dude that it's such a good line it's so funny (laughs)
2: but i also like how at the same time she talks about going on a date with someone who flossed his teeth with hair yeah
0: (laughs) with her hair yeah disgusting
2: and then and then at the same time obviously the the classic man woman trope of them both having quote unquote bad dates and then him being like oh yeah i still slept with her (laughs) yeah oh my god
1: also the scene that we alluded to before where they're like they're at their friend's house. They're like looking at this new wagon wheel table, that they got. <laughs> and it turns into the into the argument that like that um, Harry has about his like ex wife and whatever. And then he like he like makes a jab at the table, and his friend's like, "I thought you liked it." He's like, "I was being nice." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's sweet. it's like the perfect like Billy Crystal execution. Like that's yeah what he does best.
2: But then also at the end of that scene, they just, use after they make up, the friend walks out with the table, bringing it to the curb to throw it away. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) That whole scene is, I I love, uh, some, some moments I have, I love when Harry and Sally, like, first meet, there's a lot of funny stuff that goes on there. When he makes a pass at her, and then she's like oh like did you just make a pass to me and he's like whatever we can just forget about it and she's like no it's already out there and then he says oh gee what are we gonna do call the cops it's already out there and like that just made me laugh so hard it's just such an asshole thing to say uh and then i love there's just other oh, some like when they meet on the plane and they're talking about like after sleeping together and he's like yeah like and all guys just want to leave and but like how long would you want a guy to stay for all night probably right and then he says see somewhere between 30 seconds and all night that's your problem and like that made me laugh because it's just such like an over stupid simplification Uh, it's almost
1: like it reminded me a lot of jerry seinfeld yeah his humor it's very seinfeldian if that's a word it is incredibly
2: i feel like in general harry was kind of seinfeldian yes. especially he is like when so he talks much. for all men <laughs> yes he normally goes into some kind of rant that yes. is just very seinfeld-esque he
0: is very seinfeldian
1: i think that's why i loved it so much because i love i love seinfeld yeah. it's one of my favorite sitcoms of all time so i very much connected with uh
0: billy crystal's humor in this um I love when they're at the football game and every time he says a piece of bad news they have to get up and do the wave. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is so funny and it's just it there's there's a lot of stuff something I want to talk about this movie that I really noticed this time is like how well shot it was and like all the like blocking, like how good the blocking was like in particular. Yeah, yeah, like when Harry and Sally go to like at that diner and they come out of the diner and there's that whole thing in front of the like the car where they're like yeah. crisscrossing and having to go. But then there's really cool stuff like when they're at the airport and they're on the people mover and they do like a steady camp shot of them like walking through people while doing that whole monologue which yes. it, it's just like that's the kind of shit that you don't normally see in comedies like comedies is just like super easy cheaply shot shooting coverage yeah, yeah. like basic basic and then there's basic. a scene
1: <laughs> it, this is a static scene but the the uh two-way phone call scene yes which is like I'm. Sh- I mean, I'm sure they mentioned this in the commentary, but it took like 60 takes to get right. <laughs> yeah, the- it's like holy shit. And I thought um, that it was shot like sensibly. I thought it would have been shot like there's the um, the Jack Kirby and Carrie Fisher phone call set, and then like Meg Ryan and uh, Billy Crystal are like feeding the lines, and then their scenes were sh- uh, shot separately. But apparently, it was all shot on three separate stages, yeah. synced up yeah which is so
0: insane
2: and it's, is that, that necessary so
0: <laughs> i think they did it like that specifically to get like to make sure the timing of everyone talking over each other like worked perfectly um it's crazy and but again yeah it's that level of detail that you don't normally get in comedies nowadays because and not to like not to be one of those people that's like ah movies nowadays but it is true that like budgets for movies have been getting like ridiculously expensive in the last like 20 years and so like to counteract that the, like a movie like this would not be made now because like a movie with like a director like Rob Reiner and a screenwriter like Nora Ephron with the cast that it has with like this level of like production value just wouldn't get made because it's like everything has to be either cheap cheap which is why it's all like improv shitty comedy or it's like a really big budget movie and it's kind of sad, because this is, like, a middle-of-the-road, like, a perfect middle-of-the-road movie of, like, good quality, but not, like, ridiculously over budget. It's just exactly the budget it needs, um, and that makes me sad. I, I want to point out about the football game, I love, I fucking love this line when he's talking about, he's like, well, infidelity isn't, like, the cause of breaking up, it's just a symptom, and Harry says, oh, oh, really? Well, that symptom is <laughs> fucking my wife, and then they get up and do the and wave, they do the wave. <laughs> like, i just like that shit like that like so funny
2: my favorite joke and there was a tiny period of time where my headphones stopped working so you may have said it and i'll go back and cut it out but you might not have my favorite joke is when they were in the Um, on their road trip and they stopped to eat at the diner and she was explaining why she broke up with Sheldon and about how how possessive he was and he had an issue with her uh, day of the week underwear and how there was no Sunday and he kept asking her where she left it (laughs) and she goes well I I told him the truth that they don't make Sunday and he goes why don't they make Sunday and she says because of God (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) which I just found so funny which I mean it might be true i i mean obviously she didn't leave her underwear somewhere she wasn't lying about that i don't know if that's the reason they didn't make sunday underwear back in the day but it was just so hilarious to me
0: i don't know but the timing of it (laughs) was what made it really yeah (laughs) my
2: god obviously
0: (laughs) my last favorite i think like my favorite funny scene is when they're playing pictionary and There's that one guy that keeps guessing like apes and like Planet of the Apes. He just won't (laughs) stop guessing that. And then at one point when she's drawing, someone says, draw something resembling anything. That's just a line that someone says. And like that whole scene is just so ridiculous. And everything that everyone says is so like so funny. And the comedic timing of it is just so perfect.
2: I also liked when they first saw each other again in the airport, the mirroring of how when she met Harry, he was making out with mm. their friend. And then when she he saw her again, now she was making out with his friend. And yeah. he just stands and stares at them as if yeah. that's a completely normal thing to do. <laughs> so good.
0: So good. Guys, we can't talk about funny scenes without talking about the scene that arguably this movie is the most famous for. It's, like, one of the most iconic well, yeah. movie scenes ever, which is the fake orgasm scene. Of course. Which oh, yeah. is so ridiculous. It's, it's like, I, I was talking about this movie not having any shenanigans. This is, like, the one shenanigan scene of, like, completely breaking reality because no one would do this in real life in the middle of a diner. But, like, what makes this scene so funny to me isn't just the the i'll have what she's having line but it's the fact that that's rob reiner's mom saying that yep. line yeah. so yeah. he casted his mom and like filmed her having to watch meg ryan having a fake orgasm like all day to have her <laughs> deliver that line and just like that context makes the scene so funny to me like
1: <laughs> apparently that was uh like a last minute decision too oh that scene it's a good decision because th- on meg ryan's part actually really
2: yeah i read that I- too
1: apparently yeah oh, wow
2: well that's the one thing like as you mentioned it's i guess the one shenanigan because it just seems so out of place and out of character but it's the one thing that everyone will recognize from this film yeah so it was worth it (laughs) yeah
1: can we define shenanigans sure because i'm not 100% familiar (laughs) with like what we're referring to
2: if it helps probably everything we talk about over the next three or episodes two or three episodes will be shenanigans yes our next if that, if that, yeah. our next three <laughs> episodes is
0: all shenanigans that's it's all no like th- got it when, okay. normally like i've been using shenanigans just to say whatever but typically when i'm talking about shenanigans i'd say about 95 percent of the time when i'm saying shenanigans i'm just talking about something that is like it feels really manufactured and not like Not like something that would happen in real life. For example, if someone kidnapped your mother and you needed to tell them you kidnapped, (laughs) that your mother is kidnapped, you would say, hey, 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 before you use your traps on me, um, he kidnapped my mother, you know. But you wouldn't have like a fight because that's like a dumb thing to do you would just like talk like people so okay yeah you have a very creative imagination for that very specific yeah. example and then like if someone was holding a kryptonite spear over your head you would say hey save my mom not save martha you know what i mean that's a okay. shenanigan that's a movie shenanigan but we'll get into that Got it. we'll get into that um yeah
1: You know, we really don't need to announce at the end of this episode what our next few episodes are going to be now. Yeah,
0: everyone, use context clues, people. You can figure it out from here, I think. (laughs) think. What Um, do you mean?
2: All that wasn't your imagination? Well, I know. It's so
0: creative. I mean, it's so insightful and creative. You'd think it came from- It's like it
1: came from the mind of a child. Yeah, it's like
0: (laughs) it came from the mind of a child. It really is. Uh, A child who storyboarded a movie without a screenplay.
1: That's- And has a career in Hollywood.
0: Yeah, else. somehow and has a four-hour cut of a movie coming out soon for some reason <laughs> anyway uh we should probably get anyway, back to when harry yeah up. back to back to quality content here um does anyone else have any other like standout funny moments in this movie you want to bring
2: up uh funny moments i don't think so
1: i've mentioned the couple that i really like i was sure that i wanted to bring up here because they're really okay. funny so i got those are the one
0: small thing is just um it's a carrie fisher line i just think carrie fisher's hilarious in this whole movie i love her character but it's one line she has when they're at the bookstore and it's before like she does the little like wave goodbye thing and they're talking and unprompted she says so i just happened to see his american express bill and then sally just goes what do you mean you just happened to see it and then she doesn't even remotely answer the question she just steamrolls <laughs> on and it was just it's something i caught this time that i've never caught before that made me laugh really hard where just the way she's like yeah i just happened to see it like i don't know like uh so funny love it
2: wait did we talk about um how pesto is the quiche of the 80s no Because that's also, I think, very funny when they set when Harry and Sally try to set their friends up. I guess not with each other, which is what ends up happening, but with each other. Yeah,
0: with Harry and Sally. Yeah, Yeah. with whom's? It's very
2: complicated. Yeah. Um. Also, love that that didn't work out the way they wanted to at all in a very natural seeming way. Um. But anyway, the the guy that Harry brings (laughs) for Sally, I guess, is also a writer. Yeah. And his big thing is that he keeps writing about how something is the new something of the 80s. <laughs> and, um, and so they're just talking and um, and then it gets brought up. I think it was actually um, what was what was um, what was her character's name that we I don't Marie Marie Marie.
1: And Je- Jess? Marie and Jess. Yeah, yeah, Jess
2: was the guy, which um yeah. might be counterintuitive for people if you haven't seen it. If you
0: haven't but, seen But, yeah,
2: Girls. so <laughs> Marie brings up how she just loved this thing that she read about how pesto's the quiche of the eighties and Jess goes, Oh, I wrote that and I guess he wrote that something else was something else of the eighties and that's his whole shtick and I found that so Wait, good.
1: Is that why we keep ma- is that the reason we keep making this joke of like like the blank of no. blank like we called this movie the matrix of rom just to
0: be clear I keep making that joke because I'm uncreative and that's that's the only way I can think <laughs> to explain things I actually because I've said I because I, I called like as the Schindler's List of Musicals and then last I think week that started it yeah and then yeah. last week I <laughs> but I didn't know if it was like your subconscious mind See? like but here's watching the, this movie here's the thing when I went to watch this movie on the weekend and I saw I heard that joke in the movie I was like okay I was like did I somehow like incept this into myself <laughs> like that I was gonna like have this joke going on like how did this happen it's just it's it's too perfect a coincidence but um yeah
2: yeah that was also also, hilarious to me
1: um also an extension of that scene carol like (laughs) the the after part of that scene when they're like like jess and marie are each talking to harry and sally respectively and they're like hey if you're not gonna like continue going out with them do you mind if i do and they're like yeah but don't tell the other it'll yeah. upset them yeah. like yeah that, of course i wouldn't think of it and then it cuts <laughs> to jess going like he's like i'm gonna go home and marie's like hey i'll share a cab with yeah. you and great they just You're run so to get a cab and then they're out like within 10 seconds they're out it's of the so scene good. with each other <laughs> that was that was another standout point it's
0: so good it's so funny okay guys we gotta get serious now and we have to talk about the heart of this movie, which is the romance, we 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 would be remiss to not spend some time touching on it. What do we think? We've been talking about the calm, now we need to talk about the rom. Yeah, <laughs> now we got to talk about the rom. What do we think of Harry and Sally as a couple? What do you think about their relationship? And maybe a fun little uh, bonus question that we can throw in there: Do we think that they are gonna stay together and be married and happy? And if if they're like real life people.
2: Hmm interesting
0: do you want to go first carol
2: sure uh yeah so from the beginning i think the way their relationship starts makes sense um i also think that it's funny that harry was so adamant about how men about how men and women can't be friends and then later on has to have an addendum to that when he wants to continue seeing her but has a fiance Um, which I mean I think right there might have foreshadowed his marriage falling apart with or without this other man involved Um, but yeah I think it made sense that he hit on her and she turned him down and was kind of disgusted and also I liked how they kept consistent. Sorry, I probably shouldn't be moving my chair while I'm talking. That'll be fun to edit. Um, (laughs) But I liked how they were consistent with his character and that when he saw her at the airport, he didn't recognize her until she ordered on the plane, um, which was great because, of course, who's going to forget that? Even I was like, that's over the top for anyone to be ordering. Like, that What a nightmare. Um, well,
1: did he? I thought maybe he did recognize her at first, but he just didn't want to say anything.
2: I think there was a pointed glance in which, like, he looked at her with his head kind of maybe, tilted like, to wasn't the 100% side. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I think he, like, because then in the plane, even right after he orders, he's like, "Oh, I recognize you from college." He still didn't know exactly where, um, but yeah, I think he kind of saw her but didn't really know you know um yeah. but okay. <laughs> but yeah no i really liked how it progressed like slowly and so realistically um and i think one of my favorite scenes which i wasn't sure whether i should mention in the rom or the com portion i think <laughs> i'm glad i saved it for the rom um but they were dancing on their first new year's when they went out just as friends yeah um in that really gorgeous scene where they're, like, spinning in a circle, and every time it, like, pans to a new character, you can, like, see the emotion building on their face. I just thought that was so beautifully acted. Um, but initially, when they're dancing cheek-to-cheek, and he's like, oh, isn't it nice? We can dance cheek-to-cheek as friends. She moans in his ear.
0: <laughs> and I, I just...
2: Does she? So she does. I think, um, I, think I maybe because I had closed captions on, and it specifically said,
0: <laughs> Moans? <laughs>
2: um so that's probably why i noticed it i'm sure it wasn't loud um but i think it was at that moment that i knew they would never be friends again (laughs) um but yeah so i like i like the slow build-up and i also like that when they slept together ended up being harry who was so freaked out about it yeah despite the fact that he initially was the one who wanted to be with her I mean, back in the day, obviously, that was just a purely yeah. physical thing. And now he's like, oh, right, she's a human. Um, and I have changed my mind about men and women being friends. And maybe this is a mistake. Yeah. Um, love growth. Um, also, I love that he apologized so many times. I wrote specifically in my notes that that's the most attractive thing about him. Probably because I, I, Billy Crystal um, does not do it for me at all. Yeah, he's not very <laughs>
0: attractive. He <laughs> has
2: to be the lead in a rom com. Yeah. Um he's lucky he's best friends with Robin Reiner, let's say that. And
0: is also very funny. He's
2: charismatic. <laughs> yeah, he's charismatic. Yeah, like it's, being it's funny is being attractive in
0: it yeah. Hundred yeah, yeah, percent, yeah.
2: yeah. Um but would they still be together? That's that's a question. I mean and like funnily enough they weren't they didn't end up together at all romantically in the initial script Mm -hmm. and i think that's kind of telling um but i don't know i think they'd stay together i don't know if it would stay as passionate as it has been maybe like as they got older it would just be like a more friendly relationship where they're like still married and living together but who knows
0: yeah yeah uh yeah that's that's probably worth pointing out is that originally like i said during pre-production and everything rob reiner had just gone through a divorce and so this script and i don't know i can't remember from the commentary if it was like nora efron's intention or if like rob reiner was like eh, make it this way but they didn't end up together but then like at some point during either pre-production or production he ends up like finding his next wife and getting married and he wants the movie to have like a positive ending so they actually like rewrite the ending which uh, for me um i i like because this movie is like so such a comfort movie and like uplifting it would kind of suck if they didn't end up together i feel like like i i'm sure one day we'll talk about la la land which i love and like i will watch a lot but it's not i would never call that a comfort movie just because it's so like damn like it just punches you where this movie doesn't like punch you in the face with sadness at the end it punches you in the face with like happiness which is nice because there's not a lot of happiness in the world right now so it was uh welcome (laughs)
1: that's really cool i was just gonna say that's really cool how like the script was like um like almost live edited (laughs) with how like rob reiner's life was going yeah
0: and i think it's also a testament to like nora efron as a writer to be able to very versatile yeah to like take all these different (laughs) (laughs) changing ideas and like incorporating stuff like as the pre-production and into production was happening and have it all come together in such a and i guess also the editor of the movie as well like to make it all come together in that way where it's like wow like this all functions it doesn't feel like it was a script that changed during the process at all
1: no it wasn't a hodgepodge like you know well (laughs) some other movies were in there it wasn't a hodgepodge yeah (laughs) it no it truly felt like like a a little tightly knit little package with like tied in a bow yeah it was like very
0: uh purposeful yes um i also love the rom stuff in this movie and i don't know if that's because uh, it it also in a lot of ways resembles the way i ended up dating my current girlfriend which was like (laughs) we both were like done with other people and then met and like just decided to stay friends and then like Eventually, just progressed to a point where we weren't friends anymore. So there's like that side of it where I was like, "Oh yeah, this reminds me a lot of like what happened in my own life." So that's kind of fun to watch. Except I hope, I hope I was never as, uh, as much of a douche <laughs> as Harry was at the start of this movie. Oh my god, what a guy! I
2: mean, at least you remember or you believed that men and women can be friends. I that's do, good, and good I, I stand point. by that.
0: I stand by that. I do.
2: <laughs> I mean, I hope so. We're all like, what? I also stand eight, by. That, like... Like... Yeah. True. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. So yeah i i totally buy their relationship i love them together they make me happy even when they're not dating even just their friendship is just fun and like and again probably because it is based on so many like real friendships and relationships there's so many of those like real friendship moments in there and even even like with their other friends there's a lot of real friendship type moments where it feels very like yeah they just i I love all that stuff um and then also and i just as as the resident wannabe screenwriter of the podcast and it's on this topic the speech at the end of the movie is just like in a in a movie again that is so painstakingly like trying to be real and not have movie shenanigans where it like takes you out of the movie like ending the movie with a speech is a bold choice that i think could really take you out of the movie and be like ah here we go like a cheesy speech or whatever but I love the speech at the end of this movie. And I just think it's like such a well-written speech. And like, I have it, I have the whole thing copied out. And I don't know, Carol, maybe if you want to just like edit in the sound clip of the speech right here so people can hear what I'm talking about.
2: <laughs> so it's not just you reading it. yeah. I'm that. not going to read the whole
0: speech out. You might've just, <laughs> yeah, just, you can edit it in. Okay. But, um,
2: Got it. I'm sorry, Harry. I know it's new year's Eve. I know you're feeling lonely, but you just can't show up here. Tell me you love me and expect that to make everything all right. It doesn't work this way.
1: Well, how does it work?
2: I don't know, but not this way.
1: How about this way? I love that you get cold when it's 71 degrees out. I love that it takes you an hour and a half to order a sandwich. I love that you get a little crinkle above your nose when you're looking at me like I'm nuts. I love that after I spend a day with you, I can still smell your perfume on my clothes. And I love that you are the last person I want to talk to before I go to sleep at night and it's not because I'm lonely, and it's not because it's New Year's Eve. I came here tonight because when you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as
0: possible. Okay, so for those of you who just listened to the speech, uh, (laughs) yeah, I just, I love how well it's written. Dude, there's so much like repetition of words, which is always a good way to like make a speech feel organic and all that kind of stuff. There's like four lines that start with, I love, and then the line after that is and i love and then the line after that starts with and so like every line is starting with like a repeating thing from the next line which really like keeps it going um yeah and it it feels again it feels real like all the things that he like talks about in this are very like sincere and sweet and like he clearly like knows her as a person and it just comes across really genuine and then the last line of the speech is just like it's so iconic i referenced it in our group chat last night i was very (laughs) proud to have made that reference but um i i just i love the line uh i came here tonight because you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible every time he says that line it's just like it's such a perfect end to the speech but also it's just like such a good encapsulation of like this movie and like really summarizes all the wrong parts of this movie and yeah i just think it's an awesome an awesome moment so yeah that's my take and then also complete non-sequitur but i remembered something carol said that i wanted to touch on which was the scene where they sleep together I also watching it this time was very appreciative of how that all played out because it very much was her initiating it and him being uncomfortable after it was all over which again it's funny because this is the movie that then so many rom-coms try to like replicate but then they all do it the other way and I I mean if you look at a lot of those rom-coms I'm sure not a lot of them were written by female screenwriters um or at least had some level of like such male involvement that everything changes to be like like people talk a lot about it in movies about like the male gaze and hey just total you know just gonna reference a movie here justice league um in justice league the way wonder woman is shot in justice league was really the first time i had ever like noticed that like you hear it a lot and i was always like yeah yeah male gaze okay but then like Watching Wonder Woman shot by Patty Jenkins or not shot by, but like directed by and then watching Wonder Woman directed by uh Zack Snyder slash Joss Whedon. It was like it was so startling like the amount of shots that just start framed on Wonder Woman's butt is like like we'll watch it. There are at least two shots in that movie that the shot they cut to a shot that is like Wonder Woman's butt is center of the frame. And they're like shooting characters from between her legs from like behind. And I'm like holy crap like what is what is even happening and anyway my point of that it's bad. <laughs> my point of that is just to say that it the way that you can have like a male gaze visually i think it also comes across on like a story level and i think having Definitely, nora yeah. Ephron be so like obviously like such a screenwriting royalty person and have her be at the helm of this in so many ways like she gets to then dictate stuff like the fact that you know how sally initiates the them sleeping together and that harry gets to freak out and also like harry spends the entire third act of this movie doing what the female character normally does in like a shitty rom-com which is like to question everything and whatever whatever and so he gets to have that breakdown which again i just appreciate the the way that the rom in this plays out very differently from other stuff so
1: yeah and harry's the one to like repeatedly try and call back yes where it's like in in a more generic movie that would be reversed yes. also and, like when he's sally's rejecting his calls. when
0: he calls and he's on his little like karaoke machine like yeah. several <laughs>
1: montage of him calling
0: back it's so good it's, it's so funny and pathetic at the same time
1: like <laughs> it also like i like how that just it implies like there's a scene earlier where they're playing around with that karaoke machine in the like text store or whatever. Yeah. yeah and then that scene later implies that like he just bought it for himself yeah because they were at the tech store to get a gift for their friend couple. that's right yeah he just he ended up buying that
0: just for him
2: well they had so much fun yeah (laughs) until until ira showed up
0: yeah yeah um and then also and i'll let dan talk about the rom but just my last thought here I don't know i'm gonna guess they stay together why not i feel like they've been through stuff they seem to have a good adult perspective on things i feel like they probably stay together as much as anyone could stay together i don't know
1: i would also say i in, I imagine them staying together after like after the events of the movie yeah because by this point they feel like such a seasoned couple mm-hmm. like they just know each other way too well and like yeah. they do by the end of the story it's it's evident that they do make each other happy so yeah in the end i would say they also
0: stay together all right guys what do we want to talk about next what what else is there do we have any fun maybe let's talk about some like behind the scenes stuff casting crew stuff
2: before we do that i just wanted to point out something um because we haven't talked about i think marco's favorite name drop aaron sorkin i just wanted to point out that i felt in many scenes that the dialogue was sorkin-esque and then i found myself thinking specifically which doesn't tie into sorkin but his very good friend amy sherman paladino that sally is very Mrs. Maisel esque. Yes. In the way that she speaks, and like the way that she cracks jokes, and her intonation, and sometimes the speed. Mm-hmm. And so I was just sitting there, and I was like, "Whoa, maybe this is why Marco loves it."
0: <laughs> so, so let me just say, first of all, I appreciate you bringing it up because You're I was going to say something, and then I was yeah. like, I have to find you talking points <laughs> on this podcast because I can't keep talking about this, but what i will say is one of the notes i took actually was that that whole diner scene i wrote that it reminded me a lot of gilmore girls like the yeah. way that they talk with each other it seemed and i don't have any doubt that like i'm sure amy sherman Palladino probably loves this movie like it just it feels like so much of her writing sensibilities are like in this and also when i took like aaron sorkin's like masterclass thing because you took I, it yeah because here's what happened my parents were like we need to get you like a gift for something and i was like just give me a hundred bucks so i can do this master class thing and then i think it was like my birthday or whatever and they were like okay they were like why do you want to do that and i was like "Ugh, like just let me do it like, you don't understand and then i did it and i believe he also references nora efron as like someone he like looks up to and thinks is like a really so good, good screenwriter and yeah so it, it makes sense but you're right she does write especially in this movie a lot like that so yeah that was definitely that's definitely i'm not gonna lie that's a factor in how much i i like this movie and like her writings. that it reminds me of that stuff but i also think even if you don't love that style there's enough in this that anyone could get into it like you don't have to like that kind of stuff whereas if you don't like that kind of stuff getting into something like gilmore girls or the west wing might be a little bit of uh might be a little bit of trouble for you because it's so that um but speaking of aaron sorkin i'm just gonna go there now <laughs> i really want to talk about rob reiner because rob reiner is like a like one of the like greatest of all time with directors and like i feel like whenever you talk about great directors everyone's always like oh like steven spielberg and francis Ford coppola and scorsese, scorsese and you know i don't know oh probably christopher nolan will go on that list or you know what's his name the guy who does him tarantino um, the guy who does a million takes of everything stanley kubrick stanley kubrick <laughs> oh yeah or maybe even david fincher i mean he
2: talked about one of his movies come on Marco.
0: i don't you know i don't like him or his work for the most part anyway so uh rob reiner for me needs to go on that list so here's here's the run of movies that he does in the 90s i went to like his biography and wrote this down okay listen to this back yeah. to back to back to back to back to back okay look this is spinal tap which is a really famous it's like he did that? yeah and it's one of the first yeah. like mockumentaries i don't want to say one of the first but it is like a major mockumentary okay this is spinal tap stand by me stephen king adaptation one of the most famous coming of age stories the princess bride quintessential fantasy written by aaron sorkin's mentor william goldman okay then he does when harry met sally then he does misery starring kathy bates james khan it's one of the most famous horror movies ever based on a, another stephen king yeah, another stephen king and then he does a few good men written by aaron sorkin six those are his six back to back to back to back to back to back movies in the 90s is there a better like run of quality from a director ever those are all like fucking like oscar worthy nominated move like some like some of the best movies of those categories if you talk about like like mockument not even mockumentary but just like movies about like fake bands or something this is spinal tap stand by me coming of age princess bride fantasy when harry met alley rom-com misery horror a few good men just like a straight drama and he does like the best version of all of those in the 90s it's it blows my mind that this guy isn't considered one of the greats and like i guess he's underrated for i sure. guess a among, amongst like us like film people like film people quote unquote <laughs> like he would be But again, like, if you go anywhere and, like, talk to someone, they'll be like, oh, Zack Snyder, isn't he the best? He's so good. Like, (laughs) would anyone say (laughs) that? No one would say that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, you guys know what I mean. Anyway, he's just, I think, even though I think people generally know him and know he does good work, I still think he's underrated. Like, he has done some of the best stuff ever in, like, every category. It's just, it's phenomenal. Uh, And also, just super funny comedic actor and i just need to point this out like obviously started his life as an actor on uh that sitcom i forgot all in the, all family. On the family yeah but like even just recently so a show that i love and i know carol watches which is new girl he plays like jess's dad on that show and i mean my god this guy is still so funny like even if he wasn't a director even if he was just like a, an actor that like popped up and things just incredible and i love him but also one of the greatest directors of all time it's so great maybe that's
1: why maybe it's because he's so recognized as an actor like before he started directing mm. maybe that's why he's te- he tends to be more not underrated but like overlooked in the director's category i
0: think that's probably probably a fair point i would say
1: if i had to guess he is also um hasn't he like done screenwriting as well
0: Am i wrong uh i'd have to look if, if he's ever been like written and directed something i don't know off the top of my head that's a good question
2: but and also this is very random but speaking of writers turned directors i feel that that's kind of the same thing that happened with john favreau i find that mm. he i mean i specifically started paying attention to him being a director because of the the Elf documentary that they put on Netflix because he directed Elf. Oh, yeah. It's so, um, and that, I just yeah. found that story so um, interesting and fascinating. Um, but I feel like since he's had a good streak of directing really good films and he seems to have a good eye and it's kind of hard because I think people, if they don't see your face they and like aren't film people and don't read the credits, they like don't put two and two together. Um, but... Yeah, also, I guess, speaking of the dream team that wrote this specific movie, um, Rob Reiner also had a string of hits, but so did Nora Ephron. And Mm -hmm. even before that, she didn't just write movies. She was mainly a reporter. Um, And I obviously I recognized her name and had seen some of her other rom-coms as a rom-com diehard. Um, (laughs) But I guess I didn't know her whole backstory. Um, and now I'm kind of obsessed with her, but also R.I.P. in 2012. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think... She's dead? Yeah.
1: Oh, Yeah, her last
2: film was Julie and Julia with Meryl Streep. I didn't even know she wrote that. Oh, and
0: Amy Adams? Yeah.
2: She wrote that? That was her last film. Wow,
0: I didn't realize that. Holy shit.
2: Yeah, so she started as a reporter, um, and at one point worked as an intern in the White House, um, another... Um, if you huh. want to stretch okay, wait, Sorkin. Wait a minute. I, I
0: don't want to stretch Aaron Sorkin, but what I am going to say is, is Nora Ephron the inspiration for, like, Rory Gilmore and Gilmore Girls?
2: Oh, stop it. Um, you know?
0: I mean, kinda, when you look at her career, like... Maybe. Anyway, I, I don't want to derail you. Go ahead.
2: But yeah, she was in JFK's White House, so, like, a, not and not for long. Um, but then she... Like wanted to work at. Neither was JFK. <laughs> no, not because he, not because he died, just because she didn't work there uh, anymore. Okay, <laughs> Marco is laughing really hard, which is why I felt like I needed to defend my statement.
0: Because I thought when you said she wasn't in his White House very long, in my head I immediately went, and neither was is he No, guys? I immediately went, yes, and neither was JFK. And, was JFK. and then I was like, well, yeah. Anyway.
2: No, she left because she wanted to work at Newsweek but Newsweek didn't let her write because she's she was a woman Um, so then she participated in a class-action lawsuit against the magazine for sexual discrimination Um, and there was a book written about it and there's gonna be a show about it oh wow or there was a show about it in 2016 Um, so that's fun but anyway we love her for that and she wrote a bunch of other iconic rom-coms such as sleepless in Seattle and you've got mail both also with Meg Ryan. Um, she really loves her actresses and stands by them, yeah. apparently, because also she cast Meryl Streep in a bunch of films as well. Um, even And those
1: two movies had Tom Hanks, and apparently yeah. Tom Hanks was almost going to be in this movie.
2: Yeah. Oh, fun. Listen, you find your So it would have been people... Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks again. <laughs> it's like how Greta Gerwig always works with yeah. Timothee Chalamet and Sheer you just... Well,
0: yeah, or like how, uh, what's his name? Scorsese always works with, like, Robert De Niro or... Joe, Joe Pesci, Pesci Leonardo DiCaprio, whatever.
2: Some people just get your vision.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Christopher Nolan and Michael Caine, like, literally Oh my god, every literally movie. every movie he's yeah. ever made, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was even in the But before we get off topic, <laughs> yeah. Is he actually?
2: He is. I was surprised, but I loved it.
1: Um, but on the note of, uh, like, writers turned directors, just before we get off that topic, I wanted to mention also, I feel that way with... Uh, um sorkin now because mm. he's like most recent like very recently turned director. directors 2017 molly's game i think was his first directed movie Correct, Right, yeah and i'm sure most people like even i still see him as like a writer but it's just very recent that he turned director so it's like we're gonna have to start yeah referring to him i'm sure he's gonna be going on to like continue directing his written works so it's like he's going to have to be first and foremost a director in our minds but which just something that you have to get used to yeah for sure and i think we were talking about that with like rob reiner how like he started as an actor and then he transitioned
0: so mm-hmm. sorkin is like the opposite of jj J. abrams like jj J. abrams is a very competent <laughs> director but not a not a good writer. like needs a really like strong screenwriter and i feel like sorkin but yeah. also sorkin hasn't been doing it long you know what i mean and i think he's even like just for the two movies he's done has already shown like so much skill and like natural skill, yeah. ability at directing that even though I think his writing still like overshadows it hopefully the more he does it it'll get to a point where yeah it is just like all all the same level of- well yeah
1: it's like I mean we both at least liked um yeah. game like I, I really liked it I can't remember how I mean, I, I think you liked it yeah it's not my favorite of Marco? his but
0: it's it's still good I mean it's still, yeah yeah it still it, is so.
2: I really liked it too yeah.
1: so yeah but marco you said like it's not your favorite i think even that like what you're saying in that is even not one of his best movies yeah. because he directed it it's still like it, it's light years ahead of some oh other directed works from from like directors well into their career absolutely you know? directors who so it shows like real promise. yeah
0: directors who we're gonna talk about a lot <laughs> in the next few yeah. weeks but yeah, yeah. I, I yeah absolutely you're totally right yeah for me like right now his directorial career is all like potential it's just like clearly he's got like a good sense of like natural ability and is like working and like growing on it and i just can't wait to see like when the when it like where it goes where, yeah exactly when he's like at his peak of it you know what i mean like i yeah. can't wait for that it's gonna be so much fun
1: yeah it's like uh it's like spielberg i think hit his peak in the nineties. yeah i agree late 80s early, ni- early like 90s and then like give sorkin a couple decades like what's he gonna be exactly. making 100 when he, he hits his stride. 100
0: 100 okay guys do you have any other things that you would like to point out about when harry met sally just to get us back on topic and end this discussion
2: Hmm. i'm perusing my notes go for it
1: we should talk about um like the I guess the climax of the movie where it's sort of a like this is the one area that maybe was a little bit stereotypical for me which was the running through Manhattan yeah I could have done for love (laughs) yeah and like don't get me wrong the movie earns it and it's you know it's great to see Billy Crystal sprinting through the streets of New York but yeah, the, the climax of this movie is um, it's actually New Year's not Valentine's Day even though this is our Valentine's Day episode mm-hmm. uh, it's New Year's Eve and uh, it's the uh, it's like the countdown to midnight <laughs> and, and Meg party Meg party Meg Ryan <laughs> is at a party and Billy Crystal is literally sprinting through the streets of New York to that party to give the speech that we mentioned earlier and uh, it's it's sort of something that I feel a lot of rom coms have uh, piggybacked off of afterward. Yeah. But like I said, with these characters, with what we've seen in the movie up to then, it
0: like it works
1: for sure. And I just had to point that out as one of the more um, shenanigans. Yeah things in the movie
0: precisely dan yeah. that is exactly that is a shenanigans yeah, great moment. use of the word yeah, it's that is yeah absolute <laughs> shenanigans you're just,
2: catching on <laughs> you're ready for the next step <laughs> yeah
0: you have him uh, running through the streets yeah that is that's absolutely <laughs> shenanigans um yeah just quickly we didn't really touch on this i guess we've all talked about how much like we love billy crystal and his career oh funny story about that i was watching this movie and my sister comes into the room like right after it started and she was like what's this and i was like oh it's it's like this famous rom-com, whatever. And then she decided to watch with me. And then about halfway through the movie, she's like, I know this guy. Like, why does he sound so familiar? Who is he? And I was like, I was saying all these movies he was in. I was like, you know, he's been in this. He's, do you know him from this? He's the whatever, whatever. And she was like, no, no, no. And then I was like, well, he does the voice of Mike Wazowski. And she was like, oh my god yes, that's it. I, he's Mike Wazowski. And I was like, oh my God, I cannot. But then also like, for the entire second half of the movie, I was just thinking about, like, Mike, Mike Wazowski. Wazowski. <laughs> yeah, He's
2: like, romantic. well, I was thinking
0: about that from
1: frame one. <laughs> I could not get Mike Wazowski out of my oh mind. Oh, my God. It's so good.
2: <laughs> well, I'm glad we did. I did not make that connection in my head, because that would have ruined everything.
0: <laughs> no, it makes it better in a lot of ways, honestly. It's fun. It does. It doesn't ruin it. Yeah, it's a good time. Well, I
2: mean, now I'll have that in my mind when I rewatch, so yeah. I'll let you know how I feel.
0: <laughs> Uh, maybe
2: i'll like his character more
0: (laughs) yeah i think so i think it makes it a little bit more charming (laughs) but just the 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 point i was actually driving towards and then i got train (laughs) wrecked by that mike wazowski story that i remembered was just that i haven't seen like like does meg ryan still act like i I, hmm. I actually was thinking the same thing i mean she
2: probably made enough money in the late 80s early 90s to not have to honestly yeah it's just weird, weird
0: because she did know. so much stuff then and all of it's like pretty good and she's good in it she's also a top gun she's goose's wife in top gun that makes me oh yeah yeah um she's been in a lot of stuff yeah, she is and like as far as i can tell she's pretty good in everything she's in so like i i just don't really understand what happened to her career it's just one of those things that yeah i don't know i know especially
1: same with billy crystal yeah to be fair he's not in anything here. yeah
0: except like host the oscars like he's just the go-to oscars host but he doesn't like work (laughs) outside of that yeah but
1: they call him in every now and again just for like events
0: and stuff uh it does remind me of just obviously like especially in this era you hear a lot of stories about like women's what women have gone through in like hollywood and there have been a lot of stories about like, women that, when they're younger, being typecast in a certain kind of role. And then as they age, like, not being able to find work. So, I feel like that's really unfortunate if she was typecast as, like, the romantic comedy lead. Because she did so many of them. And then as she started to get older, like, just couldn't get work after that. Because I feel like she is a good actor and deserves to work. So, hopefully we get, like, a reconnaissance for Meg Ryan. Like, hopefully she's just in, like, five really good movies out of nowhere. Sorry, I would did
2: love you that. just coin that a reconnaissance? do you not as in Matthew McConaughey
0: do you not remember when that happened
2: no, no I do I just am unfamiliar with the term
0: yeah when- me too that's the first time <laughs> you guys haven't heard <laughs> in like 2015 no, I could not escape hilarious. this term every piece of movie news I read every podcast I listened to was referring to the McConaissance of him like oh doing all these Oscar movies and winning best actor and he was in Wolf of Wall Street and it was all the McConaissance because he's doing like he's doing real movies now and he's like actually acting so
1: i would say the first person that comes to mind for me is michael keaton yes for something like that even more so than matthew mcconaughey yeah. i feel like matthew mcconaughey didn't have as big of a like a, a gap between successes
0: that's the thing is that like but. keaton was completely like not doing anything and then like kind of came back now and he's been doing a lot of stuff so that's yeah i agree with that i keaton is another good example of that
2: well no i did look her up and she's only 60 and it seems like she has been in stuff consistently according to imdb but her last string of things have all been like tv movies and web series and i didn't recognize the title of anything that she had been in post-2000 see so. that's sad
0: i hope she i hope she gets cast in like an mcu movie and like yeah. it revitalizes her <laughs> career like i'm not even joking like i just hope she's like someone in an mc you know funny enough though her son is like super famous now because he is a character on the boys and also has like a big youtube presence yeah uh he's the son of her and dennis quaid his name's jack quaid um Mm -hmm. i don't like watch the boys but i like know of him and like he's famous and also yeah does youtube stuff and there's like lots of funny interviews where people ask him about like having to watch his mom's fake orgasm scene and (laughs) it's very funny and he's he's a fun guy like he's a fun cool like good interview person so yeah it has nothing to do with anything but that's like the latest of anything related to meg ryan i've seen in pop culture has been her son which kind of sucks so
1: well i didn't even know i didn't even know if she married dennis
0: quaid yeah i didn't know either are they still married no no Yeah, I didn't know either until I found out about uh, her son. And then I just did a bunch of Googling. I was like, what? Like, they were married? What the hell? It was just something we missed, I guess, like, (laughs) being the age we are. Yeah,
2: that's very true.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to put this out there. If there's any Hollywood producers listening to this podcast, go ahead and (laughs) make Meg Ryan the lead in something. She deserves to come back.
1: (laughs) Because this is definitely
0: going to change the course of her career. I think so.
2: Hey, I think if she comes out in something good in the next few years, I think we can safely take that's her. That's what her I'm it.
0: saying. If she comes out in something, that's, you know what I mean? That's a big deal for us. Like, <laughs> it means someone's listening to this, so. <laughs> okay, guys. I think we've pretty much covered all there is to cover about When Harry Met Sally. We talked about the com, We talked about the ROM. We talked about the production. We even snuck in some Aaron Sorkin references. I think we've made it through this episode.
1: It's not. It's hardly
0: sneaking them yeah. in. It's like <laughs> we're like
2: talking about them.
0: Drove a wedge into yeah, them for sure. <laughs> uh,
2: there was a connection.
0: There was, and I didn't bring it up this time. So there you go. You haven't brought it up the last well, couple I know, times. I've been I don't doing think. Pretty well. I almost. I, man, last episode it was hard because I talked about like story structure for like a half hour, and I yeah. was like, I specifically didn't bring it up, but yeah anyway guys thanks for joining me doing this episode on this wonderful night where we're recording stuff over zoom uh hopefully we'll get to do this in person one day that would be nice anyway one day
2: that
1: would
0: be really fun fun. (laughs) thanks for joining me uh listeners thanks for listening first and foremost if you have made it this far into the episode we appreciate it we appreciate anyone who listens to any of our episodes If you think you know someone who would like our shenanigans, because we definitely do shenanigans, uh, tell them. And maybe subscribe. And leave a comment. And like. And just tell us what you want us to talk about. But you don't need to tell us what you want us to talk about for the next three weeks.
1: Yeah, because speaking of shenanigans... Speaking of
0: shenanigans, it all comes together. Ladies and gentlemen, in March, we are having... A major release a release that some people thought was never going to happen until a bunch of people on the internet got so butthurt that they started a hashtag and a movement and it happened called in march hashtag release the snyder cut it's finally coming out Zack snyder's four hour vision of justice league um, I don't even have words. It will
1: be the Schindler's List of super. It will be the
0: Schindler's <laughs> List of Zack Snyder movies. I think. And that that's saying something. Oh, that's no. saying something. Um, in order to prepare ourselves, both mentally and physically, for the amount of depression and alcohol that is just I gonna, that <laughs>
2: over.
0: yeah, that's going to be combined <laughs> in this experience, we have decided to spend the next three episodes leading up to the Snyder cut going over the entire zack snyder superhero trilogy the dc trilogy okay so next episode man of steel the episode after that batman versus superman dawn of justice which for those of you who don't know me uh just be prepared i'm just telling you right now that you need to be prepared because words are going to be said on that podcast somehow we've made it 11 episodes And I really haven't talked about Batman outside of that one episode we did on the trailer. Yeah. And I just need to know, like, as much as I've talked about Aaron Sorkin, the amount of Batman knowledge I have and the amount of feelings for Batman I have and what's going to be released during that episode is just going to be so chaotic. And I I just need people to know that. Okay. And then the episode after that, we're going to do the theatrical cut of Justice League. Still technically, I believe, has directed by credit on Zack Snyder. But as we all know uh joss whedon pretty much reshot and did that whole movie um for reasons that we'll get into when we talk about it some of which are sad and some of which are that zack snyder doesn't make very good movies and those two things kind (laughs) of came together uh and we'll get into it and which one happened first and was the decision already made who knows we'll get into it i have so many things to say we will get into it and we're gonna we're gonna do all this and we're gonna prepare ourselves And then we're going to watch the Snyder cut of Justice League. And we're going to also do an episode on that. If we can watch it. I don't even know how we're going to watch it because it's only coming to HBO Max. So we'll
2: find (laughs) out. Well, we'll probably.
1: What we'll end up doing is the next three episodes are going to be those. And then we'll do some other episodes in between until we can find a way to watch the extended cut. So we'll give a little break so it's not like literally two months of (laughs) DCEU content.
2: That would be nice. Because no one wants that. True i don't I, think we want that <laughs> i don't want it
0: even we don't want this someone has to do it it has to, it has has to that's the thing it has yeah. to be done but no one wants it yeah uh, anyway but yeah so anyway that's our next
1: uh slate of three episodes yeah so
0: if you guys if, if you, that you have to look forward to if anyone who listens to this also tries to watch along with us cue up man of steel <laughs> the most okayest Zack snyder movie that there is and uh we'll, we'll And it only goes down. So if you finish Man of Steel and think to yourself, my God, what a bad movie. Well, let me tell you something. That was the Citizen Kane of Zack Snyder movies. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So just be prepared for what's going to happen. See, Um,
2: but I get to do the reverse because I haven't seen it. So you've I never seen pleasantly surprised i've only seen batman versus superman oh. versus Superman versus batman or whatever the it's hell it was batman called versus...
0: <laughs> it's murder man versus captain <laughs> hypocrite is what it's yeah. called um, <laughs> it's sons of martha to quote,
1: the sons of martha. to quote red Letter media once yeah. again
0: murder man yeah murder man versus captain hypocrite dawn of aids that was their title <laughs> for the movie and i think that's an accurate title carol i think i think you'll appreciate man of steel well we'll see it's not awful
2: so it's not awful
0: I'm gonna go okay. out on a limb I haven't seen it in like f- it's mediocre I have seen it in five years but I remember thinking yeah okay sure okay not bad it was like a low grade MCU movie yeah, it was fine I can do that yeah we'll see what happens okay <laughs> guys thanks for being here uh yeah I don't have anything thanks for having yeah, me <laughs> th- thanks for virtually <laughs> being in my uh, computer room um, no problem thanks everyone for listening I already said that okay i think that's the podcast then
2: and follow us on the instagram that will be live as of this episode coming out
0: true guys we have an instagram so follow us on the instagram you'll see so much behind the scenes recording (laughs) pics editing (laughs) pics you'll see me getting sloshed while we talk about (laughs) dc movies it's gonna be so good just go ahead go ahead and follow us on instagram and then you can even dm us your requests if you if there's stuff you want us to talk about even easier it's gonna be so good okay <laughs> yeah i don't I, I don't think we yeah whatever we'll put the link up when we put this video up people can get yeah. it from there It okay.
2: doesn't exist now but you'll yeah. find doesn't it exist.
0: anyway that was, <laughs> we haven't made it yet yeah
1: <laughs> at the time of this episode
0: yeah once as I'm this ready. enters your ears there will it'll be an exist, instagram
2: and you'll find it for and sure and <laughs> it'll be great
0: <laughs> for yeah. sure
1: anyway that was the last announcement that we wanted last to make last yeah.
2: now we're leaving for real goodbye okay. <laughs>
0: all right see ya Bye. i'm doing a peace sign again <laughs>